Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, thanks to our new sponsor, Marble. Marble? We got we got a rock to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> no, David. Marble with a capital M. It's the only all-in-one app for managing your insurance policies and getting rewarded for it. Okay, all right. Well, I have a bunch of cars that I think they're all probably insured, so this could help. Probably not, but Marble's great. It's fast and it's easy to set up as it'll put all of your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, which we love around here, being cheapskates, and it will automatically alert you if your rates are going to increase, probably with some kind of really loud sound. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything as it does it for you, like a robot trained to monitor insurance. And you get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. A marble spewing robot. Whew, that sounds great. How many marbles did you get from it? I got, let's see, two, 900 marbles. Uh, what do you do with that many marbles? I just put them all on a Target gift card. Okay, what'd you do at Target? What'd you get? I got a big uh, crap load of Hot Wheels. I assume for uh, your child? Yeah, yeah, sure, for my child. Mm, okay, well, anyway, um, okay, that sounds good. I like Hot Wheels. Uh, where do I sign up? So you just go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian and you start adding your policies. And not only will you be supporting this podcast, you will also get rewarded just for being a real adult and keeping on top of your insurance. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian, is that right? Yes, David. That's joinmarble.co slash Autopian. It's hard to hear, but he says, he says, if you want to buy the son of a bitch, then freaking buy the son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Autopian Podcast. Today is a really exciting one because Pebble Beach is in our rear view and it was epic. Aww, yes. Um, yes. Fancy car show you've all heard of. Uh, one that Best I was- Best car show skeptical. in the world. I mean, that's that's what I'd been told. I was a bit skeptical because it seems a little fancy for my taste, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I actually got to wrench on a $2 million car. Yeah, Possibly yeah. a $3 million car. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, up you there. just didn't yeah, know it, but that was the best part. <laughs> Jason's going to... Go ahead, David. Jason's going to talk our ears off about the Myers-Manx, which mm-hmm. we saw at the Quail. Yes. There's, there's so many good cars. It's so true. Many. We're going to talk about everything. Of course, uh, the Quail is the... the. I don't know how you described the Quail. It's kind of like... um, it, It's a... I don't know. It's a newer Someone car Someone told show. us it was the more nouveau riche of the shows. That's what I would I, say that's I, accurate. I remember yeah. where there was just an open field and nothing happened. And all of a sudden this fancy show came to town and now it's the place to be. So I think more world premieres for exotic cars in that day than all the yeah. other shows combined throughout the year. Just nuts. But yeah, we're I talking think, about that fun stuff. And we should yeah, start, we, Dave, maybe let's start with how we actually, what we drove in there on. Because yes. that's a big deal. What we drove in, the cars we drove in are a big deal. Bo picked them out specifically for us. So, Bo, maybe you ought to just explain well, what you picked for each of us to roll in it with. Yeah, well, I'd also like to acknowledge how well we can hear David, because, David, aren't you somewhere crazy? And where are you, like some brick building? It looks like you're... Well, <laughs> it looks like I you're am, in the army right now. <laughs> I'm in Australia in... Um, uh, like, I don't know, five hours west of Sydney near a town called Dubbo. This is um, a reader Dubbo. named Lawrence, reader named Lawrence's place, it, formerly a, um, a police headquarters building uh, turned into a house. It's pretty great. Um, yeah. How many uh, people are in Dubbo? Like, how big is that city of Dubbo? I'm sure we've well, all du- heard of Dubbo. Dubbo. Dubbo is pretty big. You know, it's like th- 40,000 people probably, but okay. the town that town that I'm in right now, which I won't disclose because I don't want to dox my host here, <laughs> yeah. has, you know, maybe a couple of hundred people in it. It's a very small town. Um, by the way, did you check I'm, the toilet to see if they go counterclockwise? 
Go oh, yeah, they, they, check they, the toilet to see if it goes counterclockwise, yeah. and then check your neighbors and make sure it, well, it also goes counterclockwise. I will check. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, editors, if you could flip me uh, the other way, I think because everything's upside down. Yeah, they'll do that, so so we don't have the same problem as before. And things yeah, fall right. up there, if I understand it correctly. You let go of something and it just goes careening into the sky. Is that how it works? And you never see it again. It's unfortunate. You never see it again. Man, they should put, I think uh, major cities have nets over them. And then every fact, week they do a lost and found. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, I think if I were to throw this little teacup. Just let, let go, go of it. It'll just careen. You could catch it. You could catch it over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think if we're at the right latitude, I think that's correct. I think that's how things are important. Yeah, but but I'm serious. Did you check the toilet? Does it go counterclockwise? Like I've heard of on TV. Well, yeah, the I, you know, the problem is I didn't check the American toilet prior to, to like what direction does an American toilet go? It goes clockwise. It does clockwise. It go counterclockwise like, in Australia. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, no, I'll check, check it. your toilet. I, can't, I feel like I heard that was stuff. a myth, but it might be true. Also, does it have to do with the direction the jets are facing? Hmm. It's worth that's, checking this Coriolis effect. Thing. That's what I mean. We got to find out. Yeah, we got to. Okay, what else are we going to talk about? This is important stuff. All right. Well, yeah. Were, were we going to talk about? We, we want to talk about how we drove into Pebble. I feel like that's oh. exciting because it's exciting. exciting. I was excited. Yeah, yeah. So, All right. Um, first, uh, before we do that, I need to mention that um, here in Australia, they love this food. They love you know schnitzel, German food. They do. Of it looks they like call a map. They they call them snitties. <laughs> That's their their bar food is schnitzel called snitties. And they have like 10 different. It's the most incredible thing. All right. Let's talk about the cars we drove into Pebble Beach. Glad you found your schnitzel. So Bo picked out the cars and Bo, uh, explain uh, what you picked for us and and maybe tell us why. Well, I was trying to find something that fit our personalities somewhat. Uh, At the same time, uh, you know, it's Pebble Beach, so we we had to be a little bit on the fancier side. And uh, so I I tried to pick things that that fit with our personalities at the same time fit with Pebble Beach, which was more challenging than than it sounds right at the surface. So uh, for myself, uh, we actually I actually drove our GTR one, which is a Ford GT that we uh, built as it's our own Galpin supercar back uh, nine years ago. It premiered it in Pebble Beach and that's got a thousand horsepower. It's absolutely ludicrous in every way um, and cool uh, phenomenal too. to drive uh, for uh, you, Jason. I thought, well, We've got to keep something in the Beetle family, but you know, yeah. Beetle, you, you can't uh, you can't drive to Pebble Beach in, and uh, of course uh, with uh, Porsche, uh, really the 911 is probably the only spiritual successor of the of the yep. Beetle, uh, so it couldn't just be a normal 911 and uh, try to find something that kind of harkens back to our youth when we were first getting excited about cars. <laughs> so uh, in 1984. Rin Speed uh, was just coming on, on on board and built this ridiculous 969, which is a Porsche. It's a it's a slant nose in '84, which is yeah. unusual in itself. Yeah. Uh, but a whole custom body car that actually looks like a Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> so it's it's this crazy thing. It's it's hard to imagine. You got to see the pictures. Look it up. Go to the site. But this Rin Speed 969 is the craziest 80s car i say it's the most 80s cars i've seen because look yeah. at those the stack of uh, eqs and and all the uh, uh dins that are in the dash and even to the point of a of a steering wheel that has a remote control in it that's just yeah. ridiculous so so that was for jason <laughs> and then for david you know here was a challenge because uh I can't drive a Jeep up there, but you know, he's been working on this Oldsmobile forever. So I thought, okay, what's an Oldsmobile project? So uh, as you may or may not know, uh, uh, Shelby's first ground up car was the series one and he used an Oldsmobile Aurora engine on it. So we happen to have one here. That's one of the 60 supercharged cars, really cool black with the red stripes. And uh, and so we got that, uh, David that car to drive up there, and uh, we all met and uh, drove those into Pebble. So that that's, we, uh, we that looked, was the thought process. It was fantastic. I actually really loved the the Rin Speed. It was for one thing, it genuinely felt like a Beetle. Like for one, like a mild Beetle. Every gear <laughs> you in, if you shake the shifter side to side, it feels like you're in neutral because yes. it has so much play. And this did the exact same thing. <laughs> When you when you got it to about 3000 RPMs, then it changed. Then like the turbos kicked in and it would really move. But up until then, 
It was delightfully beetle-like. And Bo's right. Every surface in there was covered with those tiny buttons that all 80s stereo equipment had on everything. Everything had buttons on it. The steering wheel had a useless remote control because the window for the IR you couldn't get to. And there were buttons everywhere, pop-up headlights. But this thing, it's so dramatic looking. And like the, the Testarossa style strakes down the side. It looks like you plopped a 911 inside a Testarossa. And, but <laughs> Good the, way of putting it. Everybody loved seeing this. Like everywhere I drove, people would notice and you just pop up the headlights as you drive by people and everybody was thrilled. It was just, uh, I loved every second of that thing. It was just a blast. So the Great. GTR one is a one of one, right? The Rinspeed 969 is a one of 12. 12. And then the Shelby series one, specifically the supercharged version that I was driving was a one of right around 50 60 60 something, like something yeah right in there i think 61 so, but i'm not sure th so that that car the shelby series one it felt a lot like uh the most uh, the best analog i can give is like um a jaguar f-type with a supercharged yeah. v8 just um yeah, cool. sounds awesome absurdly powerful um it's you know it's not about like you know, interior quality is not like what it's about. It's, it, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's got like Chev Chevrolet Astro HVAC hardware in there. It, it's Tell all about the about pedals, David. The pedals are amazing. <laughs> the pedals. Yeah. Oh, I've never, I can't, I actually can't believe how, oh, how that, far. that was the other thing, by the way. I knew it was unbelievably uncomfortable to yeah. drive. I forgot to mention that. I had to find something that was horrific for you to sit in. So I hope yeah. that helped. Because that's on brand for David. David, yes. if David's comfortable, then that's not what people want to see. Nobody wants to see a comfortable, happy David. No, no. They want to no. see David in a little bit of pain. I did once sit on a uh, on a pillow on top of a gas tank for a thousand miles in a forty-eight Willys Jeep. Oh, a pillow! Look at you, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the Shelby Series One, the the pedals. You're basically like facing that A pillar when you're driving. The the pedals are so far to the outside of the car relative to the seat. It's, and you know what else is, is really strange? The park brake is on the left side of the yeah. seat. So to get out of the car, you have to hop over the park brake. It's high, it, too. Like, it pulls up high. pretty like, damn high. You could really pierce yourself with that park brake. It's not uh, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it was like, David, let me drive it. Maybe it was uncomfortable. Strength. Yeah, it was. Look, the, the point is, we look like bosses rolling into pebbles. We did. It was super cool. 100%. It was it was so much fun just going in our little three-car convoy. It just felt great. Uh, I loved it. One of the best parts. You know, I, I have, have to say, say though, that was one of my funnest drive-ins at Pebble Beach. And just roll it in there with those cars with you guys. That did feel pretty boss, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> that GTR1, I have to. So here's the thing. The Shelby Series 1 has that four-liter V8 out of the Aurora supercharged. So when you're driving it, you you don't hear a lot from the front, but you the exhaust. You can hear the, the, the supercharger. You can hear the V8. But if you're anywhere close to the GTR one, you can't hear <laughs> anything. No, like the GTR one yeah. dominates everything. Like if you're within a hundred yards of the GTR one, I don't care what car you have, you ain't hearing anything but the I GTR one. I bet there were one. seismographs going off all over the place. <laughs> yeah. that was driving by. It, it was <laughs> unbelievable. The yeah. best part was anytime I hit the accelerator, I mean, just barely touched it. It was so loud. I couldn't communicate on the walkie talkie. <laughs> And, and then, you know, it doesn't really like to go at slow speeds, by the no. way. So it's like a thoroughbred, you know, you're trying to hold on to. And then uh, the whole crew stops to pay the bill at the uh, at the gate. And I'm going freaking out. No, this thing is, you don't understand. We got to keep this thing going. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a little temperamental is what I'm saying. But it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Oh, but noisy. Oh, yeah, it is. But in a great way. And then well, what's when we get in. This isn't a big deal. When we get in, we pull over to like park to like take photos. And this is maybe one of my favorite things that happened all, all, all through the, the week is um, we pull in and we're parking and we're talking to people. And this amazing looking like blood liver red Fiat comes rolling in. It's not it's not any Fiat. It's what they call the Auto Vu, an eight, you know, the V8 Fiat uh, Supersonic. 8V. 8V. Yeah, because they, they thought Ford had trademarked V8 when they made their V8 car. So they did 8V. Anyway, David, you, you, you just tell what happens when this car comes rolling in. So, yeah, it was just this red Fiat um, supersonic. I, I actually didn't know what the car was. It was just some Fiat that uh, um, I think our video team was pushing and Matt were actually pushing off the road and into the parking lot because it had broken down. And um, Matt was like, well, Dave, uh, I mean, 
you wrench on cars, fix this thing. I was like, all right, whatever. It's a Fiat. It's like, it's old, looks old. It'll be fine. So I talked to the owner and, um, and I asked him what's wrong. And he's like, well, I think the fuel pump's bad. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm glad to help. And he hands me a hammer. He goes around the backside <laughs> of his car and he hands me a hammer I and he's that. like, Hey, there's a, there's a, a fuel pump underneath. So those, this, um, these Fiat's, like a mallet or a hammer. It's like a metal headed hammer, wasn't it? It was like I, a, it was big. All I remember was it was it was a hammer. It was like a yeah. it was a big hammer. It was a legitimate oh, hammer. Cool. And um, so these uh, I did some Googling later. It turns out the fuel pumps in these engines, these V8s uh, are like they sort of need some assistance. So a lot of people will put an electric pump in to assist it. So he had done that. So underneath there was an electric pump and he thought that was the issue. So I slid underneath the car and. He wanted me to tap the fuel pump and I did, but I felt the fuel pump and I, it was vibrating. And then I squeezed the hose in front of it and it was doing its job. Like it was definitely producing pressure there. So I didn't think that was the problem. And, um, and then, so I asked him to pop the hood and, you know, I looked at the engine and uh, I wasn't sure exactly what was wrong. I asked him, Hey, can I take the, the intake manifold off? Uh, not the intake manifold, but, but sort of the intake off. The He's air like, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> course, yeah, so whatever you need. So w- someone from our video teams, or I forgot who, was going to get tools um, for so I can take this air, this uh, intake off. And then I look closely and I see some some fuel uh, around the carburetor. I'm like, you know what? I think this thing is just flooded. So um, so I, I tell him, look, just um, keep put the pedal down for a while, and uh, we'll let the fuel evaporate, and then from there. We'll see what happens. So, okay, we're pulling up some pictures here. Here's the car. Yeah, beautiful. It's a stunning looking car, I think. I think this is one of the most gorgeous designs ever created. It is absolutely stunning to me. I've seen uh, one of these cars a couple of times, and it's breathtaking. Makes you stop in your tracks beautiful. It's a Gia design, and if you look at the roof line, it's dead on. Like, Gia did all their designs in the roofs like this. It looks like a Carmen Gia from the roof, which is also, I think, a great thing. So I actually didn't see the backside. And I bet you if I had seen the rear end, I would have it would have clicked that maybe this was a valuable car uh, because <laughs> because the rear end is just unbelievable. It's like, just an uh, old Fiat. Yeah, the front of it, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, it is an old Fiat. So, you know, he, um, he, he puts the pedal down and, uh, you know, he sits there for about five minutes and uh, and then he cranks it over and it fires up and he's on his way. And then, <laughs> and then later, I don't know who told me, maybe Jason did. Yeah. He, He's like, you know, that's a pretty rare car. And um, I look, I look it up. It's a supersonic. And yeah. the previous year, one of one of one of these cars had sold for two million dollars. <laughs> and then it turns out that this one was the prototype car. Yes. So yeah. it's probably like a three million dollar car Easy. that I got I to hammer on. <laughs> like I hammered. I almost took the intake off with probably a cheap like AutoZone tool set on yeah. a three million dollar car. <laughs> but I have to hand it to the guy. Like he drives it. He, he realizes it's a mechanical contraption and he's like, look, do what you got to do. Just get it going. You know, he, he wasn't like being precious about it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what's so cool about it. It's like still just a car. Yeah. He's still a car person. A car he realizes person. It's, it's, it's a machine. So yeah, yeah. it was really cool. That's a trend. I mean, yeah. Then we saw it on the lawn. At that's right. Beach, and I'm, it's there because of you, David, you saved this car. That's right. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Good job, David. I don't think I mean, he wanted to talk about it on the lawn because he was a little, <laughs> a little nervous. But he should have well, you. What a gorgeous car! It, I think it, he would have. I think you know he would have the next morning if he tried to start it up. It being just a flooded car, it would have would have run. But you know, um, I'm just glad to have been able to wrench on something this cool. I'm yeah, trying to give you some credit here, pal. You know, yeah, no, no, I it. It I, this thing would have ended up in the in the in the ocean if it hadn't. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. You just would have pushed in the ocean out of frustration, but you saved it. Priceless prototype, supersonic. It's amazing. Anyway, so it's- okay, after after this, after we rolled in on these three priceless machines, and I wrenched on this priceless machine, we the next day, I think it was the next day was the quail, or I think about yeah, the next day I think was a quail. Well, it, mm-hmm. it was also your birthday, which was right, really uh, exciting. Driving it on your birthday, and yeah. Uh, Got together for a little birthday uh, dinner and celebration, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're, I, I I I loved how the guys were trying to get you liquored up, and you actually had uh, a couple of tequila shots, which is yeah, very unlike did. David. Uh, they uh, were they were not just shots. They were like, hey, David, 
it's your birthday. You want to take a shot. Each of the shots were at least two, they were two shots. Was yeah, it was pretty, it was at least two shots in a glass. Yeah, so, yeah. so those of you at hope, David doesn't really drink. I don't drink. And uh, uh, so he's like, what's something really mild that I can get? You know, something maybe a little foo-foo, something. He goes, I don't know what to get. What do you guys think? And then he goes, um, uh, Long Island iced tea, please. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So you take like the, the booziest booze drink and then gets that. And then the guys start ordering tequila shots. So I think he went from uh, teetotaler to, uh, to to tequila total, drinker. Total, totaler. Yeah. You know, Long Island iced tea tastes like lemonade to me. It, it, it is it's a dangerous drink. But yeah, <laughs> it is. The, the, the next day was, I don't think I realized it, but like the next day was kind of pretty much shot on me. I mean, in some ways I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like seeing myself from above. It was not good. <laughs> you're too young for that. Yeah, you're in good shape. Yeah, you're fine. No, that yeah. was a great night. Having a yeah. birthday over Pebble Beach is, I mean, especially hanging out with, you know, Bo and his crew. It, it is a good time. It's always the way to do time. it. Yeah, it was a blast. And you got the caviar. Is that your first time? You must have had it before, right? Or was, um, no. I, I think I, I think I've might've had, you know, so, you know, in Sweden, you can get, in Sweden, you can get like little, um, they're like toothpaste tubes. Oh, I've caviar. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. You just <laughs> trust me. Trust me. It's not the same tube of fish eggs. I don't know why yeah. that sounds like cool. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the same thing, but it's, you know, it's pretty great, but this was on a different, this was on a different tier. Yeah. yeah. No joke. It was good. Good stuff. Uh, All right. What was the of, next day? What did we do? I can't even remember. Okay, quail? We, went the, we went to the quail. And actually, oh, while we're oh. talking about caviar, we should talk about the line that they have there every year. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe it's real. I, it makes no sense to me. It is astounding. Yeah, they have a literal caviar line like you get in line for a corn dog, but it's caviar. And it's well, the, the difference is you pay for a corn dog. This is free caviar. <laughs> free caviar. And, uh, yeah, not for nothing, it's... but yeah, I usually start <laughs> off with the quail if I get to go. Like, I find that line and I get in it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, like, like, when else are you going to encounter that? Right. Yeah. When else in life are you going to get? And it wasn't just like a little sample. It was like a whole row and they're just like piling it on. It was like a caviar buffet. It's just like, we might have held on there a little bit long. Uh, we might have uh, kept, uh, you know, e eating uh, eating a few of those. But uh, yeah, what else are you gonna get free caviar? You're not. No, if you're not taking advantage of the free fish eggs, you're you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> caviar line. No, I have to say they were they were pretty good. Uh, yeah. And the best part was we stuck in with our media passes, so it was uh, it was it was really <laughs> really special. Oh yeah, this is you didn't even have to really pay for it. No, don't tell them that. Completely free caviar. <laughs> journalists are kind of got some, yeah this journalism <laughs> it's thing it's, uh, it's got some perks uh but yeah if journalists are like the kind of the i don't know the slime balls at these like fan, oh, yeah. fancy absolutely parasites <laughs> yeah so 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 to put it in context like imagine the quails like um at a golf course similar to pebble beach except it's like a commercialized pebble beach so basically around the whole perimeter are booths set up by major OEMs as well as manufacturers that you may not have heard of. So when I said it before, I literally mean, I believe there were more premieres of exotic cars at the Pebble, at, at, at the Quail uh, than all the car shows combined all year long in one afternoon or one I morning. I believe that for, for supercars in that level, I think you're absolutely right. No question. So, you know, we saw the, the new Bugatti. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, oh, yeah, the Mistral. For the first time. The yeah, Mistral, uh, I think, yeah. So, you know, Porsche is there showing the GT3 RS. The new Polestar. Uh, uh, the new Polestar was shown there. The, the yep. convertible, that's super cool. Um, you know, you got Koenigsegg. And Christian von Koenigsegg is there answering questions. Yep. Uh, Mac uh, um, McLaren. McLaren uh, and all, and then the small manufacturers like Myers uh, Manx is there. Yeah. So, uh, in addition to that, then in the middle of the field are the cars that kind of compete in a class similar to Pebble Beach. So, you have all kinds of uh, uh, we had minis this year and and oh, all yeah. kinds of different exotic cars, which is really cool. But it's this interesting blend of food, people, and interesting automobiles. And, and it's new premiere, so it's it's kind of the best of no, new and old. It, it's it's actually it's not like um it's not like a niche fancy car show. Like it, it it's become an industry. It's like an industry show. I mean, the, yeah, it almost is now. The, you're if right. you're a journalist, you sort of have to. You, you got to go there. I mean, you gotta yeah. 
You got to see what's debuting. It's um, no, it's a real deal. Can we talk about uh, the, the Manx really quick? Oh, absolutely. Let me just pull up Best. a couple pictures of it. Because that this was, a was treat. so much fun. Because I've been hearing it. about this. Uh, you know, the original Myers Manx was an iconic automobile, and, and oh, Bruce yeah. Myers was an, an icon of our industry. And the fact that they're bringing this back. Jason, tell us about it. This is so cool. It's so cool. So, yeah, everyone knows about the original Manx. It's basically the archetypal dune buggy. When you imagine a dune buggy, this is the image that comes in your head. Bruce Myers, who made the original one, was a sculptor. It was fiberglass built on a VW pan. And now they're remaking it as an EV. And what's amazing is we got to talk to Freeman Thomas, the guy who designed it, and who's also the guy behind the Audi TT and the new Beetle and like a whole bunch of other kind of like modern iconic cars, like a fantastic designer. He did, I think, really such is. a good job, like updating the old Manx design to something completely new. But it still feels like I think it's, you know, they didn't go like a clean sheet thing. They just did really smart updates. It feels modern, but classic at the same time. I just can't say enough good things about how they handled this, like dealing with something that is like a design icon. And then also, I do want to point out, it does use the exact same front <laughs> axle beam that the original Manx used, that 20 million Beatles have used. Basically, a 1938 axle design on a car, an EV from 2022. It's just, I just find it exciting. They claim they're going to make a new one, but honestly, why would they buy? I think that thing will work fine. There's the midget original Manx we're looking at now. And, you know, everybody, if you don't know what these look like, they're like kind of a flowing uh, fiberglass body that's like short because they shorten a beetle chassis, big wheels, separate no headlights, roof. no roof, a very square windshield. I mean, it's when you picture Doom Buggy, this is it. And I, they did such a good job. And all the details are great. It's got kind of more practicality than before. There's a little storage under the front. Taillight design, also fantastic. They took basically like oh, the yeah. Beatles early 60s taillight design and turned it into something really modern and sleek looking. I thought it was great. I was very excited. I gave yeah, it yeah. 10 out of 10. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was like the best of the past and the best of the future combined. And uh, it's just fun. And it shows that EVs uh, can really go places we haven't thought of uh, previously, maybe. And uh, it just let's have fun with this thing. I thought it was yeah. one of the coolest things ever. You know what? What kept happening during that show is I would end up talking to someone or doing something. And then only later realizing how epic it was like, yeah, we were talking to Freeman Thomas and I, I yeah. maybe I, I just hadn't thought of the name, but my the, my very first like car love, the first car that I ever that was my my first favorite car was the Audi TT because I, I grew oh, up cool. in Germany and that's where I really fell in love with cars was in Germany around. They're like, amazing 2000s. looking. Yeah. And he designed it in the, the Audi TT is just oh, it's so great. If and I, then you were there actually, talking to him. It's, a, yeah, it's a good, that's amazing. It's a good thing. I didn't realize it. I would have talked his ears off about the TT, <laughs> I think. No, well, it's, Freeman's a great dude. By the way, uh, you know, we filmed some of this. It's are great videos that we shot. So if yes. you go to uh, autopia.com, they're there. Check them out. They're fun. And yeah, very informative, are. by the way. We do nice deep dives in this thing. Very cool. You know what else we have on the Autopian? Bo's first article. That's I right. I wrote an article. Barely. This is a big deal. And you guys helped me out a lot. Thank you very much. So, yeah, this I, is it. Yeah. Talk about this car, Bo, because it's interesting so for some. OK, well, I actually am a real geek for pink and purple cars. I mean, that just is my thing. <laughs> I, I, old had really? stories when my dad ordered uh, a 67 or 1967 pink Mustangs. And that was like a galping thing. So pink vehicles and purple vehicles have my heart. So we, we don't uh, kink shame. So that's totally yeah, fine. Thank by you. Us. Thank you. So. Yeah. I, so what I, I kept walking by the same guys, we got to go check out this Hispano Suiza. And it's a you know, it's a classic name. Now we're seeing a lot of classic names come back. Uh, you know, we saw DeLorean there. Um, what's what's another one we we, we oh buyers makes we were just talking about you know they try to bring back stuts like half a dozen times in the 60s like it happens a lot yeah. there's certain names they always are going to keep trying and hispano suiza is certainly a famous one and they and they try and uh, you know but a lot of these they're just buying the name right but what's yeah. really amazing we found out is actually it's it's now it, it's been in the same family and this is the great grandson of the founder is the president of the organization so i thought that's cool that it stayed within the family and now this family it's a huge i guess one of the biggest uh, companies in spain is now uh, building this hispano suiza and that parent company actually developed from what we understand, the battery technology and the platform as well. So it's really an in-house built 
uh, hypercar uh, from a, a brand that's been around 120 something years, but hasn't built a car since I think 1946 or something like yeah. that. Uh, so it was really cool to look at. It's like this, what color is that? Pink, purple? That's purple. That's fiercely purple. purple. But there's a, but the shade is something. It's a, I, I got to learn my colors better, I guess. Uh, but uh, it's exposed carbon fiber, which you really don't see on that light of a car, typically. Just absolutely gorgeous. And then what was really cool, they called me and said, uh, hey, Bo, can we bring it by Galpin and show it to you? So, wow. They brought it by and I got to see, you know, it's one thing to see it. Uh, and by the way, another cool video the guy shot to uh, uh, see it on the lawn at Quail next to the ex other, uh, uh, exotic cars. But uh, I got a chance to see it at Galpin and uh, then they asked me if I wanted to take it for a drive. And of course I said yes. So uh, I got to drive this $2 million. Basically, it's like going into a museum jumping on top of a sculpture and, and riding the sculpture down the street. That's the closest thing I would say to it. It just, it floated. It was amazingly powerful. I didn't get a chance to put it through its paces, like through the hills or anything, but uh, boy, it's a, it's a true hypercar. And uh, it, it looks like one too. I don't think I've seen anything else on the road like it. But yeah, the, the, the yeah. doors, the doors sort of pop up like a, what other car has doors like this? They're not quite, like Lamborghini uh, doors almost, but not quite similar, but they're, di they, they, Lamborghinis just kind of scissor up and these do a secondary turn. Like they move it, on two axes. Yeah. 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 Uh, they're like yeah, butterfly wings kind of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the rear end is just, oh, that it's like a teardrop. It's, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Rear end is really cool. Absolutely gorgeous. So I think it's really cool that they're relaunching this brand. They're going to build only 24 of these, and then we'll see where, where the company goes from here. But uh, it's just kind of fun to see something uh, with some history, try to make a comeback again. So between Myers Bank and Hispano Suiza, I thought it was uh, some really cool, fun history that's that's coming back to coming back for our, for our pleasure. Well, we'll see. I love yep. that. Yeah. Yeah, that that. Yeah. Um, the quail was was awesome. There was a lot of uh, oh, there was a lot. There was a lot of horsepower there. And thanks for helping me with the articles, guys. I appreciate uh, <laughs> that. The, the, no problem. And I was reading the comments, and, I, and by the way, so I'm looking at a, one of them's like, "Hey, uh, I, I love you guys, but all this uh, bad grammar and mispunctuation. I think you should hold yourself to a higher standard." And I couldn't agree more with the guy. And I was on a plane. I meant I wanted to comment back that, hey, it's my first day. So, you know. Well, we should have caught that. That's on us. If there was. Also, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I don't know. We have different, different ideas. First off, that. first off, I will tell you straight up. There was no bad grammar in that article. No. <laughs> okay, I will tell you, there, there will no, never be grammar. bad grammar. Yeah. By the way, they, our first meeting of Autopians, the first thing that David Tracy does is give everybody a grammar book, which <laughs> I appreciated and love, by the way. So, see, my view on on um, uh, sort of uh, typos is they happen. You know, yeah. if you if you mistype something and you screw up a spelling, it's not the end of the world. But grammar tells me that you don't care about your craft enough because you should know these rules, you know. You know, what I mean, is David mistake? and I differ on this. I am David is a prescriptivist grammarian. I'm more of a descriptive, and we're never going to 100% solve it. But care is taken <laughs> is the takeaway here. You know, we're not even going to get into this because it's, it's it's going nowhere good. So let's well, move anyway, on. Well, the there's probably cars we should be talking about anyway more yeah. than grammar. But should we, <laughs> should we talk about uh, the the historics? David and I got to go to the historics, which is one of my favorite parts of, yes. of everything. Because there, that's where you see all these amazing things that you've been seeing on the lawns actually used, and people flogging these. Some of them pushing a century old, and people are just wailing on these things out there. And we saw so many. Like we walked through the um the path. This is at the Mazda race, uh, uh, Laguna Seca right. Laguna Seca, exactly. And you know there were famous things I saw, like you know the the Cadillac engine. It's, they just call it the monster. Have you ever seen this thing? I should give you a picture, David. But basically, picture something that's it's shaped like a like a brick, kind of just like a big slab, and there's like oh. hardly any curves on it, and it's got a massive Cadillac engine, and it's known as the monster, and it was this amazing race car that I've seen it, I've read about it, I've seen it a billion times in pictures, and then to see it there in all its massive, strange glory was oh uh, was my. incredible. Yeah, okay, show we gotta look this. at this. This is it not is bonkers. But I love that people are flat out racing these yeah. 
very this rare. thing. Oh, there it look is. Look at this. Oh, that's the monster. Nuts. That that's was not, there. That's barely a car. Yeah, it's amazing. So like, look, you cool. don't even see the wheels on it. Like, they're all skirted. Oh, it's, it's. I don't even know how to describe what we're seeing here. By the way, I thought it was going backwards, and now it's going forwards. No, What's going on in this picture? Yeah, you have to picture like a flat, like if you took a bar of soap and you like slice the back down a little bit and you just gave it a, you just like hacked at it a little bit, almost at random. And then you plopped a guy inside part of it and then the wheels are jammed up in there so you can't see it. That's basically what you're dealing with here. It, <laughs> oh my there's God. a reason it's a called the scoop. monster. Yeah, with a hood scoop, it is. It's it's know. a bar of soap with, with a hood scoop. I yeah, mean, it's, it's hilarious. So strange. But and you saw this racing, huh? Yeah, I saw it in the paddock, then preparing it. And then it was like out on the track, just being literally a monster, just like it is. It is. Is it uh, fast? I think it was fast. And, and for the era, I think it was extremely fast. But if you're it, if you're listening to us um, in the car right now, do not pull over. I mean, I mean, don't you sh and you need to Google this, then you need to pull monster. over. Don't, don't do it's, it while you're driving. It's called yeah. Le Monster Le Monster from Cadillac. It was it the 1950, most... yeah, or what does it say there? Yeah, from 1950, it's like mid-century, just just strange attempt at trying that, something new. Uh, Lamont, it was, uh, it's amazing. So that seeing maybe that was incredible. Ugliest race car I've ever seen in my life. Yes, but it's one of those things where it's so ugly, it wraps over to being cool. I, I, no oh, I agree with that, but it's still ugly. It's bonkers. But then I also <laughs> saw like a guy in the opposite extreme. I saw a guy in like an Austin A35, like a tiny little car tiny tiny little car that he was wailing on the track and he had a bigger motor in and it was it was really adorable and just charming looking car and he had a special shift ball the shifter knob was a pure a clear piece of like plexi with a mouse skull in it that was found in the car when they cleaned it up like when they dragged the oh, car out of cool. the field to clean it up they just cast this mouse skull in there right in there it was great see like the spectrum of things oh. you see and then we saw a couple of um uh, Lotus F1 cars that our own Hubert Mees, our own engineer, did a crazy deep dive into how they differ in suspension and aero yes. and all these things. Like it's it's worth just a, like a worth a watch, by the way. I'm just gonna say, absolutely worth a watch on yeah. theutopian.com. Yes, uh, yeah, that was amazing. David, what did you think? What did you think of walking around at the the historics? Um, a lot of these cars are garage. I mean, a lot of, a lot of like really old and and valuable cars are garage queens but but this is uh these are these are cars that are being broken actively yeah. and you get to you get to see it happen you, you get to see million dollar cars get broken and and um and that's just epic the sound <laughs> yeah a lot of these cars you know you see them in a museum and they're static you don't get the same feeling that you do when you smell the fuel when you hear hear their engines and the yeah. suspension moving and like that that cars are feeling. kinetic yeah they they're are. not they really they're are. not static things so to really experience them that's you can't beat that it's so good you're absolutely right so uh, i've been there over the years i did get a chance to go with you guys this time but the most incredible uh, thing that i witnessed was actually watching this race of cobras Whoa. and uh, all original cobras these are you know every single one's worth over a million bucks some are worth several million but the star of the pack was a Shelby Daytona, one of six, probably a $25 million car that got into a wreck. Ugh. So it, it was just crazy to see a $2 million Cobra wreck a $25 million <laughs> Daytona. And as it's going into the pits, of course, there's like this group that's just following this car, right? This whole crowd, because they want to see it. And it did get pretty wrecked in the back. But unfortunately, they put up like you could tell the owner was like a little bit embarrassed. So you like put up drapes around it. And I'm like, what? gosh, don't be embarrassed. Like be yeah. proud. You actually yeah. use your car for what it's intended to. No totally. one else has the guts or the balls to do what you just did. And Absolutely. you know what? So what you got into a wreck? That's okay. The best of the best have gotten into a wreck, but uh, you should be very proud of your accomplishments. I agree. So that whatever makes the it... owner is out there, and I think I know who they are. You did good. But uh, yeah, that makes it cooler. Show it off. It's like Absolutely. a cool scar. Absolutely, I agree. But I could tell okay. he's just heartbroken. Ouch. <laughs> All right, so um, I am going to have to um, wrench on some Valiant Utes here soon. So we're going to have to Ooh, lightning uh, uh, speed discuss um, the incredible Pebble Beach experience. Okay. Uh, there on the golf course, we got up bright and early. Yeah, for, saw these what things are Dawn Patrol. Dawn Patrol. That's kind of a yeah. big deal, isn't it? It's like It is. 
because there's mist everywhere. All the amazing cars come driving in because they're not allowed to be there overnight. And it's just like a, a parade in this mist and these incredible cars. That you Again, things you never see driving around, driving and they're in. Driving. And, and yeah, it's they're not driving. just a static display. I think that's what's so cool about Dawn Patrol. Yeah, it's astounding. And uh, should, should we pick? I know we don't have a and, lot. And that's the other pick? beauty about Pebble Beach and the concourse is all these cars are judged on being a car, not on yeah. how it looks sitting on a field, but it's got to drive, it's got to run, and it's got right. to be, if it's restored, it's got to be restored correctly, not over-restored, not with the wrong parts. Every single screw matters. Every detail matters in these cars. Remember the screw, the thing we saw? So one of my favorite oh, cars there. The tiny screw. Yeah, yeah, it was this, it was called an Oska, uh, and it was a Michelotti design. I, it was made in 1959, and it looks like a car from 1966. It's this beautiful red and black, really crisp thing. But we, speaking of screws, we were talking about, we were looking at the taillight and this tiny, tiny little screw that the taillight had, and we met the guy there who had to yeah. hand make that screw. Do you remember what he made it out of? He had to start with like, like a, so, oh, a rivet, a rivet. rivet. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, like, that's the level of detail these people go. He made this, made a screw out of a rivet. And it was just bigger than an eyeglass screw. I mean, it was just, tight, yeah. it, almost the same did you, size. Did you this send me a picture of that car? It's this red oh, the, car right here, the red one. and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's oh, one of my yeah, favorite cars so I saw. It's cool. stunning. But like, uh, there. yeah, so it was yeah, a screw. Yeah, it was a screw in the. Oh, room. yeah, it was like one of these. Oh, yeah, yeah one of those, yeah. the taillight assembly. Tiny, tiny thing. I, it's so small, so small. It was, uh, but I, I just love that that's the level this guy was willing to, like, they were willing to do. It. It's astounding. But so that's good. what you get at Pebble Beach. I love the fact that the owner invited the guy who built the screw to be there at Pebble Beach when yes. he presented the car. That's a cool totally. dude right there. Absolutely. That is so cool. That man deserved to be there. Absolutely, Absolutely. deserved it. Yeah, no, it's they, these were stunning. There were so many good cars. There was there was the amazing um the uh uh the yes. Talbot Lago. Oh well there's the Voisson, which is achingly beautiful. It hurts to look at it. All the details in this thing. <laughs> oh I think this is where Autopian and Pebble Beach kind of combine. I mean this yeah. this to me is so Autopian. It's just so, so fantastic. What what should people search here? Voisson C twenty five Aerodyne. Aerodyne. So, and so Voisson was an aircraft manufacturer. So that idea just goes throughout this entire car. Everything is built as light as possible. So you see things in this that you just don't see in other cars of the era. Like there's no shame in fasteners. So he yes. like delights in every bolt that you see there. So they're all obvious and they're all beautiful. It is and awesome. It, things are light and you can see the structure of things. Nothing gets hidden. It's, uh, it, I just, I feel it. Like you go in there, it's just so good. Well, it's so avant-garde. They got these interiors that are so like dizzying when you go inside and the whole inside of the Voisson is all of that. The way the yeah. roof, you know, oh, it motorizes yeah, right. down to become a convertible and it has porthole windows. So no oh, matter what position you move this roof, you can still see out the back because it has like five oval windows inset into it. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's just everyone should just stop and Google it. It's astounding. What? Well, right. well, okay. See, yeah. there was one car that um, it was it, the most beautiful one there. Uh, and you wrote a little little article on it. Oh yeah, up here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we all have different opinions on what the, the the best car there was, but in fact, we'll go around the horn and. But just this discuss. isn't wrong. I'll say that. This is the yeah, so, this is the the, the Talbot Lago, and this one's got a story. So if you okay, so looking at this car, the front end is strange. It's got a cyclopean single headlight flanked by two smaller lights. It's very bulbous. It almost feels mollusky. But above the main headlight are these chrome. Molesky like these chrome lines that go up and they're meant to evoke a zipper because this car was built for the guy who was known as the zipper king of France, which I just think is <laughs> really. What? Yeah. That's who, that. Probably that in college. <laughs> that's who did it. The zipper okay. king of France. And that's why those lines are there. So yeah, Mr. French zipper king. I don't The only zipper brand I could think of is YKK, a fine zipper, by the way, and they should be a sponsor. A great, of ours. A great, great zipper, zipper, great zipper quality, but aren't I don't they, know. Aren't they Japanese? I think they are Japanese. So it wasn't that guy. It was whatever the French equivalent is. Oh, and then this detail. 
it had oh, it had so good it, it had my favorite kind of turn indicators which are semaphores which are the little arms that pop out and we made the people who who, who had the car there like work hard to get these things to work but oh, it's so great. i love how you, you know i think it's hilarious what are these sold there's like only a few of these this is a tabo lago uh, i always mispronounce fagoni uh, and falashi i always say the, yeah that's the right the, that, that's the coach though right Yes, uh, but this is, I think, the most gorgeous car in the world. I think there were like three made, or, or this, and that was the only one built for racing. And, or, or the one that was sold over the weekend was the only one built for racing, and it sold for, I think, right at $9.5 million. Just, yeah, just they're, nuts. They're nuts. Ooh, crazy. You know what I don't get? So that's, that's sem- semaphore, sem- semaphore, semaphores. Trafficators, uh, yeah. they also call them. So that okay. is illuminated. And you would think yeah. if it's illuminated, because the early ones were not, right? They were just... I they think were just actually like traffickers. Not well. There probably were some that were flags, but I think almost all of them did have a little light bulb in them. So they just didn't want to use relays back then. Little flasher relays. I guess. I, yeah. I mean, it's so much extra complexity. But it's, <laughs> but it's, it's so great. It's, the, the the sound whenever he he uh, activated them. The yeah, just, oh, yeah. it's so <laughs> good. I love that detail. Oh, they're so good. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, did you did you sufficiently describe what a semaphore is like? Like it, it it's kind of like a little wing that pops out, right? Yeah. So instead of a regular turn signal, basically cars used to, especially in Europe, it was just like a little arm that had like a little clear orange plastic bit in the end with a light bulb inside, and it would just pop out like a little arm, and then you turn your you make your turn, and it would be pop out like a little wing, and then you were done. It would like snap back into the side of the car. It's just ridiculous and fun. So cool. All right. <sighs> the next thing we need to discuss, unless. Unless you, you you want to talk more about Pebble Beach, I was going to discuss the auction that we saw. Well, yeah, well, it is Pebble auctions. Beach, but yes, That's part of it. Right. The, this uh, is fun. See, this is my sports. I love just sitting and watching the auctions. So, um, I, we went. Jason and I went to a couple of auctions because um, you know Bo had been talking to us about how how much fun they are, and actually, they actually are a lot of fun. Even if you're just sitting fun. there, you you get some tacos or whatever you want to eat. You sit down and you just it's like um, it's it's in some ways it is a sport. You know, you can guess yeah. like, OK, here's a car and you're learning a, a lot of awesome history. It's also like a game of like, OK, how much is this going to sell for? There are personalities yeah. involved, you know, that the crowd gets into it, you know, subtly. It's um, it, it's 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 absolutely incredible. And and, and the, the one energy th- that you can feel in the room is like, oh, yeah, palpable. It is. It and you really also get is. nervous. Like I was trying to show uh, like David or Matt where I was sitting and I was going to raise my hand to like call him over. And then I realized I don't, I can't do that. Cause I might end up buying, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Don't wave anybody over. You just need no, to don't do that. Keep your hands. And that does happen hand. by the way, which is hilarious, but it does too. God, that's terrifying. <laughs> what do you do? Like if that happens, do you just immediately say, no, 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 no. Do you just panic? Yeah, like, so what they, do you do? Okay. You, they you realize panic. it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So job. okay, it is a profession. There was one auction in particular that um, I think, as soon as they started discussing the car, everybody knew this was about to be a big deal. It was. It's often referred to as the Carroll Shelby Ferrari, which is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is the car that he won. He won more races in this car than in any other car, if I have that right. Um, it is uh, uh, it, just a beautiful Ferrari race car with incredible pedigree. Um, it would be valuable even if he hadn't, <laughs> even if it wasn't Carroll Shelby, but you add that in and it becomes, you know, the value of a car is a complex thing, right? It's not just about like uh, whether it was a good car mechanically. That's actually, that's barely even relevant. You know, yeah. it's, it's, there's pedigree, there's design, there's, there's so much that goes into the value of a car. It, it's extremely complicated. It's not a lot of it's not intuitive, but this and one, everybody knew. Cars that compliment, you know, complicates it even more because uh, the right. race history, how it did, it's, did it win? Did it win Le Mans? Things like Who that. Who drove it? it dramatically yeah. affect the value of it. Right. It's I kind of like that about about cars because oh, yeah. it's they have a story it, and that's part the of the story. Value. The story matters, which is great. It's not like just a washing machine. Nobody cares who owned the last washing machine. I mean, I guess if you had a you know someone famous owning Carol one, Shelby's people, washing machine. I mean, you, you can tell people at a Facebook party marketplace for like eight hundred <laughs> yeah. bucks. Yeah, that's four. true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but a little bit, yeah, man. Uh, but to to Bo, tell about this auction though, because it got bonkers. All I can think about is Carol Shelby's washing machine. Now it's got to be amazing. Could be worth, right? <laughs> <laughs> it could be worth something. I think it probably is. I, but anyway, yeah, because people are nuts. So I thought the other thing 
what was really cool about this car, I mean, we've all seen Carol Shelby's autograph on the dashes of Shelby's, but he actually signed underneath the hood of this car and wrote, uh, Mr. Ferrari said that this is the best car he's ever built. There's something close to that effect. Yeah. Which wow. is pretty incredible. So now you've got two of the biggest names in the automotive world that have yeah. talked specifically about how great this car is. So it is the pedigree of pedigree cars. It is the, the top of the scale, right? Also, what phrase could he possibly have written that could have raised the vehicle value, vehicle's value more right. <laughs> than saying... Yeah. Ferrari says this is the greatest car. You know, it's like <laughs> this yeah. one right. car, this one right yeah. here. There's nothing else. Like this is the only no. car. Oh, that's just genius marketing right there. Genius. Anyway, I was <laughs> I was kind Your of timing idiot. was so, impeccable. So I have so. to you know how I mentioned earlier in this podcast how I was basically running around just not realizing how epic things were. And then later people would tell me, yo, that was a three million dollar car, or well, this happened again uh, at this auction. I knew this was a cool Ferrari. I knew it was Carol Shelby's Ferrari. I wanted to get video of the car because we were sitting so close to the stage. You couldn't see the car. So I went to the back of the room. I didn't want to stand by myself because I thought that'd be weird. So I went to the crowd. Um, it, I was basically in among this crowd of people. And uh, well, let me just show you the little video here. Um, you're going to realize I've never seen this happen before. And I, uh, 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 this is, uh, this is so weird. Come on. It is very uh, bizarre. Come cause, on. Cause, cause it starts up and, and this is not an inexpensive car that they're auctioning off. Uh, it's let's just say many millions of dollars. Uh, but what was really weird was exactly what you captured. That's who was bidding on it. Because I think one was on the phone, so you don't know who's on the well, phone. But every once in a while, you get these, you know, 10, 20, 30 billion dollar car and the person's in the room. And that's when it gets really exciting. And in this case, the person was in the room who was bidding on it. And you just happened to be there, David, and yes. captured some of this. I'm going to try to get this sucker to run. The video not playing. Maybe they can add it in and post. In in any case, you're listening on a podcast. Uh, you're not going to see this anyway. So uh, yeah, just describe it. Um, yeah. So I go to the back of the room. I didn't want to stand by myself, so I stand next to uh, these two gentlemen, um, and they're kind of in my way because I, I wanted to, to get video of the of the vehicles on stage. And uh, so I put the phone over their shoulders. So right over. Uh, you know, it's it's right between the, their their two heads as they're talking, um, and I you know get the footage of the car, and they're you know one of them is telling the other one, you know if you I think it was something like, hey if you want the son of a bitch just buy the son of a bitch <laughs> something like that, <laughs> and um, and then I was like okay cool nice car, and then uh, someone whispers in my ear this lady whispers in my ear she's like um, you can't be here, and I was like. What? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a fraud at this whole thing, but like, yeah. that's a you little expecting not, to hear that at any point in this whole week. That's not exactly subtle. No. Um, anyway, so then I go back to my, my seat and then the, the bidding keeps going and it's going all the way up to like 18, 19 million dollars. And then um, I realized the person who puts the 20 million dollar bid is one of the guys <laughs> whose head I had my phone like six inches from. Um, but and uh, yeah. can I can I tell you who it is, by the way, because this, yes. this is the weird part. So the auction, there's there's a, a, a few of the largest auctions there. You've got uh, Gooding, uh, you've got Bottom, uh, but you've also got the two big ones, which are RM and Meekum. So RM is one of the biggest, I think the first one I ever went to, and it's RM for Rob Meyer. And Meekum is Dana Meekum. So in the back of the room, I see wandering back there, there's Rob Meyer, who I've you know, known for years, and he, he's back there. And I, all of a sudden, I see Data Miko come in, which is completely bizarre, because he's Data Meekum from Meekum Auction. So what the heck is he doing at, at an RM auction? And even more bizarre is, why the heck is he bidding on the most expensive car at Rob's auction? And he is. So the funny thing is, you've got two like of the captains of industry like the two top automotive auction guys along with like david gooding and maybe another uh, uh that are there 
giving each other shit about buying this car. <laughs> I, yeah, that's incredible. It reminds me, you remember that scene from 300 when, uh, you, you know, the, the two kings get together and they, you know, one turns their back on the other? It was kind of like that scene, like completely like, what is going on here? And Rob is saying, what's he saying to him? Eh, buy that freaking car. Yeah, Where, if you want it? the son of a bitch, buy it, right? Yeah, I'm going to pull it up here in a second. We're going we're gonna to actually listen to that audio. You got to see this. Uh, yes. Oh, I hope you could pull it up. Oh, you got, this is, yeah. this is, I can't believe you saw this. So wait, so well, the guy who bought clear, it was, was he the, was it the RM guy who bought it? No, it was no, Meekum. Dana Meekum. So these are bought two, it. two of the heads of the auction houses are, like, one's That's buying two the owners. car. Two owners. One's buying the car from the other. It's it's just hard to wrap my head around. It's like such a tiny community. Well, they they, exactly. they know each other, and, and actually, that's it, the whole auction world is a fascinating world. Like yeah. like like before the car hits the auction block, RM it, the auction house knows who's interested. Like they gauge that, and they actually will assign someone. I forgot what they call them. They, they'll <laughs> assign someone to the person who's interested. Right, Bo? Yeah. Is that? Well, come over and sit with you, and then they're talking to you and making your bids if you'd like them to be there to help. Uh, or if you're on the phone, they'll be the one that calls you and make sure that you're, you know, you get your bid in straight. Or you could just bid straight, which is, uh, you know, also. Oh, here we go. This here is it. it. Is. This is, All right, let's see. I can't believe right, you got is. this. Okay. Okay. Gonna... You got to watch this again. If you're listening, uh, you know, don't don't crash your car, but but go back to your your screen when you get home. Yes, that's right. Not worth crashing your car. There's a picture of the car. You can see it. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fast forward. So here we are. We're there's, at the. There's Shelby. So we're looking at. Uh, By the, the way, that, that's Shelby Meyer. That's, uh, 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 that, that's uh, the son whose name okay. is Shelby, ironically. <laughs> He's a great guy. So here's Torch. Hey! <laughs> this is whose car? Jason? Whose car? Shelby drove it. I know. Carol Shelby. Yeah. Good stuff, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, really hit the nail on the head there. I'm really <laughs> insightful <laughs> comment. I like your bloodshot eyes and slurring words. <laughs> yeah, perfect. that's accurate. It's been a long, long. <laughs> it was a long day. Anyway, as you can see, the problem is that the car is way over there on the stage somewhere, and we can't see it, and that's just unacceptable. So, yeah. so um, oh look at this. So you can see it's, it's like um. It's already a 15 million. Jesus. And, 1955 um, so like, Ferrari 410? 410. Spider. Sports Spider, yeah. Little, this little race car. I'm like, okay, let me get to the back of the room. I want to see the actual car. And it was awkward because I didn't know where to go. So as you can see, uh, there's a lot of open space. I'm like, I can't just stand here. I got to stand like back here somewhere. So I stand... <laughs> Right behind this this guy here. I didn't even know you were doing that, which is the best. Who's the odor of the whole auction? And look, here we and go. There's the odor right there. Yes. It's hard to hear, but he says, he says, if you want to buy the son of a bitch, then freaking buy the son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 and I must have looked like an idiot because people must have thought, okay, this dude knows who these guys are, you know, and he's just being a weirdo, you know, with the, with the phone. <laughs> Such a freaking idiot. Oh, but that's amazing. Get the shot of the car, and uh, the vehicle ended up selling for a total of $22 million, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, and then actually what was great is right after the auction, and you can see everybody's on the phone, and it's like, there's a lot of tension. This guy's like, he's got his little earpiece. He's like, oh, you know, I can't go that high. It's just the whole thing is <laughs> tension, and it's just exciting. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was actually quite awesome. So these, yeah, that's amazing. There it is. Uh, the the two guys. That's when I realized right there, those guys, I guess, were might have been someone. Um, <laughs> I love that you actually got between them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And you could have talked to them about the, you uh, know your auction etiquette, but you know you can get there. It worked. Yeah, you could have talked to them a... about the awesome uh, Geo Tracker you just bought. I'm sorry, Chevy. Yes, Chevy Tracker. Yeah, mm. you could say I know what it's like to to buy something you haven't driven, fellas. I know the uh, risk. I've, I've been, been there. there. I've been there. Been there, brother. 
all right, but no, it was it was a great uh, the whole the whole weekend was was incredible and and you know Bo, you were right when you said you know, car people are car people uh, um, and I, you know what I think I think fundamentally to care that much about a machine like it's kind of weird in some ways to really care sure. that much about just a bunch so of parts we're all weird. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's 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 not that it's weird. It's like you sort of have to be. Uh, no, it's I mean, weird. look. I, yeah, you sort of have to be a certain kind of person to care that much about a bunch of bolts. It, it's one yeah. thing to buy like the newest and nicest car, like the nicest Ferrari or Lamborghini that's brand new. That's different. But these cars require effort. Like you got to put, you got to find a, a mechanic. You yeah. got to figure out how to get parts. You, and there's you know, you, conceptual you effort. Like you have to, you have to believe in the story of it. Like yes. that Shelby that's bought, it's not just the effort of keeping it going. Your belief that there's value here because of things this car did that you had nothing to do with. Right. That's right. Somehow yeah. saturated into the object itself and has value. And that's a fascinating idea, but it's real. Yeah. It's a real and, thing. Yeah. How much is the physical property actually worth? Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, how much metal is there? It's the story that actually makes it worth right. tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's crazy if you think about it. I mean, a piece and of that, the true cross is just a piece of wood, except it's a piece yes. of wood Jesus got nailed to. It's the yes. same idea and just, yep. you know, cars instead of Do you have some of that or something? You I have a couple some? pieces of the true cross back here using to keep a table steady. Jesus, if you need I don't it. know if that's... Because that would be cool. <laughs> I don't, that was an interesting analogy, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it's, idea. It's, people, I, it's people who really appreciate the story behind cars, people yeah. who, who appreciate history and uh you know, they love to retell a lot of the stories. You know, you talk to these owners and they'll say, well, this car, if you look at this, yeah. this design came from this person and there's this weird story. And it's like, you know, these are some cool people. I mean, to really care yeah. that much about storytelling and they're vessels for experiences and stories. And that's why they're not like regular things in our lives. They're cars. Car people are weird, but it's partially because cars themselves are weird things. Yes, it's different. That's why we, that's why we're doing this, guys. Well, it's an emotional object. I mean, how many things, we were talking about washing machines, but how many people fall in love with their washing machine? I mean, not many, but I'm not in many. love with my car. Like, yeah. literally. Like, like absolutely. Yeah. true love. It it's is. A, it's a real it's thing. Real. It's real and so, it's weird. And so, Jason, you'd been there before, but David, can I ask you, from somebody who had one perception going there, what was your perception going there? And then what's your perception today after having been there? Going there, my biggest concern was that it was an, sort of an exclusive club, and I think cars should be inclusive. Um, but, you know, going there, um, you know, there's still some level of exclusivity. Like some of these shows are expensive to get tickets to. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but these are passionate people, you know, and, and it's and I, I'm never going to denounce people who are passionate about cars. They're legitimate. They're just as legitimate car people as anyone who fixes their own car because it requires real effort. And they appreciate a lot of the same things that, you know, someone with a geo tracker they love uh, appreciates. So it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same community, even if uh, there is some sort of barrier between it. I, I thought it was, uh, no, it, it was absolutely incredible. I really enjoyed it. I mean, going from a junkyard, you know, I'm usually hanging out in junkyards and sort of a totally different world. But uh, I skipped the Woodward Dream Cruise, which is like the total opposite for, for Pebble Beach. I'm really I'm kind of glad I, I did. Um, I mean, that was awesome. Oh, good. And, and you know what we didn't see now, we went to Concord de la Mons, you know, lemons. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we did. Uh, uh, so, but you didn't see there's actually a lot of free events that we didn't get a chance to go to because our schedule That's... was so packed because oh. uh, there's all kinds of meetups that they have and just car gatherings and people that just get together to share. And, you know, seeing like that, you know, million dollar supersonic on the road, there's people driving these cars just like they're a yeah. normal car which they kind of are in a way so and the lemons uh, event had some of the best cars of the show some amazing things one of that the is kind true. things at the lemons event just different kind of one of a kind things Love that lemons. is true i think getting into the quail and getting into the actual show there on the on the lawn could be you know costs of course but Very honestly expensive. if you're just if you're just in town you're gonna see some cool stuff and you, you go to lemons like yeah. you bring a camera 
it, you're going to have a great time there. Yeah, that's if true. You're that's in a good the point, cars, you really don't need to spend money up there. You got to spend money to go into these events. And of course, there's the restaurants and all the hotels jack up the prices like crazy. But there are so just seeing the cars drive by 17 mile drive. It doesn't oh, cost yeah. you anything. And you'll see the most beautiful cars just being pick a parking lot. You stay there long enough. You're going to see something amazing pull up and, and, a, and a gathering kind of happen on its own. So it's a, That's it's definitely, definitely a Mecca for, uh, for enthusiasts. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I still, you know, I'm still a huge Woodward dream. Have you ever been there, Bo, to the Woodward dream cruise? Oh. Okay. This is a, the irony is I've never been to the Woodward. You know what? Dream we got to flip this now. You took me to Pebble. Sometimes, yeah. as long year, as it doesn't <laughs> conflict with Pebble, I'm in. True, true, true. Maybe, maybe it won't uh, next year, and uh, it's a totally different thing. But it's also it's it's a beautiful thing, a total opposite way. Okay, I tell uh, you what. Yes. As long as they're not conflicting next year, I'll go to Woodward, and then you can ask me my perceptions before and after too. How's that? Sound? Heck yeah. Hey, Jason, right, have you well, been to Woodward? Uh, I don't know if I've actually ever been to Woodward officially. Oh, so see, no, I'll go too. Oh, we could reverse it. All right, we'll be the two yeah. virgins now. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll, I'll show you some weird stuff that wrought iron beetles, Jason. Just oh, I know. I've, I've uh, driven a wrought iron beetle once. There's more than one of them, and I adore them. So that's always worth it. Always. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, yeah. thank you everyone for listening yes. to the Autopian Podcast, uh, Pebble Beach Edition. This this was a great one. Uh, that was an incredible weekend. Um, yeah, come back next week or whenever we post these and. Uh, yeah. We'll get some more great. We content. got lots yeah, of good watch these videos. They're really great stuff. I'm telling you, we captured some brilliant moments. Uh, yeah, so it's fun to please, see that. Yeah, this is a good in. one to watch because the cars is, are especially good. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to the Utopian Podcast. Woo-hoo.